Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you so much for joining in. Episode 230. Uh, bit of a break, actually. We haven't uh, done a podcast for a few weeks, so uh, really looking forward to this conversation with Mr. Jason Ackermanis, uh, ex-Brisbane Lions footballer, ex-Western Bulldogs footballer. Very, very great, well, awesome footballer, one of the best. Uh, Brownlow medalist, um, amongst other things. And um, Jason had a, a pretty col- colourful footy career. He's had a pretty colourful life in general. But uh, one thing that I like about Jason is his, be able to, his, his ability to be able to turn negatives into positives and stay positive and upbeat within himself. And... Um, Men's mental health does matter, doesn't it? You know, that's that's the whole uh, focus of this podcast. Now, if we can give people tools, strategies and ideas on how to proactively manage themselves better in modern society, then that's great for everybody. So I think Jason's going to give us a bit of insight today about his own journey, some of the challenges he's had uh, and what he does to keep himself upbeat and some of the things that he's been able to do to overturn adversity in the, in the past. So... If you haven't listened to the previous podcast I did with Jason uh, about a year ago, um, it's it's there in the library. Um, there's a bit of insight there uh, about his um, his journey as a young fellow and everything in between. But uh, this one's going to be more in detail today about uh, focus and uh, being able to uh, to create that positive mindset uh, mindset and maintain it. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy the chat. Please uh, check out the website outbackmind.org.au um, if we can uh, help you out in your community. Be able to set up a prevention uh, men's circle. Uh, we'd be keen to do that. Uh, if we can do some work with uh, your workplace to be able to um, do some domestic violence prevention, we'd be very keen to have a chat about that or within your community as well. We've got a real issue in Australia with uh, with mental health challenges, but also um, male domestic violence. And um, I think the more prevention work we can do, uh, the better outcomes are going to be achieved in the future. That's something we're really passionate about. All right, appreciate your feedback. If you want to send me an email to support at outbackmind.org.au. Jason, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. Oh, look, mate, um, the last podcast we did was really popular and mainly because I got a lot of shit hung on me because you called me AA Ron and uh, we still couldn't work <laughs> out where that came from. So could you please, could you please fill it in? Fill have in. you seen a video where the, the, it's an African-American teacher goes into like he's he's a substitute teacher for the day and he's he's got to he's got to do the role so he gets in there and he's like Jacqueline Jacqueline and she's like uh, do you do you mean Jacqueline <laughs> oh, oh that's how it's going to be like it's it's, it's very famous uh, you can look it up on YouTube <laughs> anyway uh, and then of course he's like hey Aaron he's like uh, Aaron you mean Aaron that's <laughs> It is so hilarious. So yeah, it's it, it does every name you get Balake, Balake. Like, no, 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 that's Blake. Uh, so you know, he's just uh, this one more time. He's going to lose his shit. It's very funny. I'll check it out, mate. And also uh, a good friend of yours, Blake Carousella. Um, you would have played a bit of footy with as well. Did won a flag with Blake? Yeah, mm. obviously a, a 
he won a flag with Richmond and then we, they sort of had to get rid of a bunch of players. It must be paying James Heard too much money. But, uh, yeah, he, we, I think he was with us for a couple of years, so he had a, he had a nice little premiership added in there. And, yeah, it was uh, a, a good addition to the team. You must be tired too, mate, because he played for Essendon. Yeah, it's funny because... <laughs> You know, we we had a great we had many great battles against Essendon. Everyone thinks that was sort of our, uh, you know, our biggest rivalry. But I think our biggest rivalries were more like we really struggled to beat North Melbourne for years, Mm. and they were they were our bogey team. So we eventually got over them. Essendon were very good in '99, very good in 2000. They won in 2000, very good in 2001. But we were coming and, and we denied them. Arguably. They, uh, I don't know how they lost that prelim against Carlton, but I think they would have they would have comfortably beaten North that day. But it didn't happen, and they ended up with a with one premiership where they probably would be pretty disappointed they didn't get three. But mm. in the end, yeah. And then we had we had a hands full like all the time with Port Adelaide and of course Collingwood. So and then right at the back end, we had a really great rivalry with Sydney. So mm. it, we always had a hands full. Mate, that was an amazing era, wasn't it? And, and like, do you sort of look back fondly on those years? I know it sort of added ups and uh, it's ups and downs for you personally, but obviously that, that sort of five, five or six-year period where you won three flags and all the, the good stuff around it would have been pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Well, it was. We probably should have won the four flags. Like, we're, even winning the three was pretty, pretty good, so special. And I don't think people, people really understand just how hard it is to travel like – the Melbourne teams that were really successful after us, of course, Shed Geelong, which were wonderful. We had Richmond, and uh, and of course Hawthorne in the middle. So, but then they, I mean, Geelong travel up the road. It's it's like us just going down the Gold Coast from Brisbane. It's really not that far. So, but travel once, twice, four times, five times. It's not so bad. But when you get to the end of the season, you know, when you're in late August. That's when it really, really does. You do notice how much you do travel and it does take it out of you. So, it, you know, you, you can always debate in the areas who was the better era, but, you know, four, we would have won the fourth had we had a, a better draw coming into that game and we played that prelim at home, which we, we actually earned the right to do. So it, it's, uh, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I was at Clark Keating's house. He lives at, not far from where... Oh, he lives in Brisbane, of course, and and Simon Black and their wives. We we've all got three kids. Like, it is really. We've had other people come in, but the, you know, it's never as special as because because we we were in the three flags together and we did so much. So it's other people can come and go, but it, they, they don't really understand. It's such a good bond, and they're great fellows. Mm. So it's yeah, it's a very special uh, memory. It always gives us happiness. There's not really much pain involved except for that 2004 grand final but in the end you go oh i've got three you're pretty happy with that tell me mate you did have a premiership catch-up was that with those guys just independently did you do a broader thing recently yeah so what the club did last year it was actually after the grand final on the sunday so i started at 12 and so i got there at 12 and or anyone in that i think there was 26 or 28 players actually wasn't a lot of players that played across the three premierships, we had a lot of guys, like a really big group that played in all three. So it was it's quite rare too. Anyway, pretty much everyone bar Chris Scott and Nigel Lappin, who of course are still coaching in Geelong and they won it. So they were off celebrating and doing their, their family days and all that kind of stuff. So, or whatever they call it, the celebration day. And so we, but the rest of the boys, probably 
except for really Daryl White, who was down in Melbourne. We they were all there, so it was really, really good. I think they're doing another one this year. Obviously, this is the third year, twenty years after third premiership, twenty years later. So, two thousand and three is two thousand and twenty-three. I, I think they're doing that in August. I know that they had a celebration jumper on the last Thursday night when the you know depending on when you're listening to this, but when when Collingwood and Brisbane played just before Easter. And it's really weird because you've got the opposition coach's names on the Brisbane jumper. He's coaching Collingwood now, Craig McRae. Justin Lepich is a coach, of course, of Collingwood. And and then you've got Will Ashcroft, who's in his first year. Like, his dad's name's on that jumper. So it just shows you how crazy it is. And So at some stage, they it's really difficult to get everyone in the house together, mainly particularly during the footy season because so many guys are still involved so much at the AFL level. For us that are outside the system, it's it's not, not hard at all. But for them, it, it's quite difficult. And unfortunately, it's still the majority of that group is somehow in, in various roles involved in the AFL. Mm, amazing, mate. Do you, uh, do you often um, like reflect on, on your career? And obviously, you know, you communicate pretty strongly with a lot of the guys that you played with. Um, you know, I know you mentioned some of Black and Clark Kenny. You've, you've obviously got some pretty strong bonds with guys that you you you, you had that sort of time with uh, still to this day. Yeah, like you know, last week. So you know, the week before we recorded this, I, I did a podcast with, with uh, Alistair Lynch for Ned's. He still lives here, mm. and you know, anytime we see each other, it's a really it's always big smiles and you know give each other a high five or a hug so it's it's really really good mm. i think uh I, I think the guys the majority of them are in the state these days you know some are back home in perth and the majority are probably in victoria so it's yeah it, it is such a it's a really cool thing i mean you're bonded for life and it's mm. it's a really special bond and that group's very special even if you won one it would still be special but to have three and be arguably the, certainly the greatest team in that era and the greatest team the AFL will produce for a lot, you know, probably ever. It's it's so cool. It really is, and it just it's just great to. I don't know. It, it's so comfortable. It's so easy. It's not a. It, it's like seeing you 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 know really close friend, and you you know with close friends you never have to you update them a bit what's going on. Like you might be doing something else, but there's there's no awkwardness. There's it's like. You know, you, you spoke yesterday, and it doesn't matter that you haven't spoken because it's it's all cool. We know each other so well. It's just one of those things. So very special group, very special uh, bunch of guys to be involved in, despite, you know, you hardly see him. You really do. You hardly see him. No, it's, it's amazing. I, I spoke with a guy on the way home this afternoon before you and I had a yak, and uh, we'd known each other since we were four. And uh, we can just pick up a conversation like uh, we did when we were kids, you know. So we have this innate... Uh, intuition that we we connect and we've had you know special times together and that's the foundation of your relationship and you know uh, the the big part of this podcast is obviously you know trying to find tips and tools to stay positive and I was going to ask you like when you sort of transitioned out of footy did you find it difficult to to you know integrate into into life outside of football? I oh, incredibly difficult it's just funny what you're saying though like uh, I had a a phone call. Oh, it was actually an email out of the blue a couple of weeks ago from a guy I was in year 12 with at a place called Nudgee College, which is down in Brisbane here where I, where I went. And and I, I go to reunions and I see those guys and, and it's so easy. And Jeff, his name is, he now lives in Melbourne and I've just, I just sold his unit that's, you know, just near where I work anyway. And it's really cool. Like it's, 
so unusual. I haven't spoken to Jeff and seen him since 1995, so it's a long time ago. And and the funny thing about all that, and this is what I find amazing, is like that there, there were teachers there that actually came. Not only did they come and watch and become members of the Lions, we were the Bears in the Lions, and but they went to grand finals. Now these are guys that are not they are not Aussie Rules people. They weren't Aussie Rules people, and one of their students becomes obviously a very good Aussie Ruler with the Bears and the Lions, and then they go and watch. And I've, I've seen other guys like uh, I saw my old neighbour at the game who, when I was a kid, used to live two doors up, and he, he's not not an Aussie Rule guy, never was. And he goes to all the games. He's a member. Went and watched me play. Phil, his name is. So it's really crazy how how you where you were to what you become and what you see and what you, how you change your behaviours over time because, you know, you know someone, someone you can support, someone you saw at school. So it is easy. But to your question, like leaving leaving Aussie Rules system is so hard and it was like normal life just is not never exciting enough and that's the truth and that's the problem. Like even as a coach and involved, it's still way more exciting than probably anything else that you do. Like your normal work to you know, work. Uh, I mean, I'm in real estate now, so you do have highs and lows in real estate. You sell and then you have a bit of a gap and you sell some more. So it's, it is a bit up and down. But I think, I, I think the real world was the toughest part of, of the whole journey, in, in essence. Like, uh, there's tougher things like, you know, when my mum passed away, that was really tough, but I was quite young. But being, being, you know, 33, I was still doing footy media for a few years until that finished. And then I was lucky enough to still be involved in club land, but not in the AFL I was coaching. So I still was getting, and I played footy for a number of years, so I sort of transitioned slowly over time till probably uh, 2016. I think after 2016, which is a few years ago now, but that was that's when I finally kind of broke free. And it's, it's one of the most difficult things to do, but it's also one of the most satisfying. And I'm so much happier now that I'm out of it and obviously Blackie and Crackers, they still are involved, like myself, but it's very periphery, and we, we have our own jobs. We do other stuff. We've got our own families. We're at home every night. We're not away on weekends generally except for here and there. So it is so much tougher than you think because I try and tell people, like, you know, when you get a, a rush, you know, you can, you can get a rush like many different ways, but, you know, for us on the footy field, I could get one a game, a game, I might get uh, 24 for the year. They are so cool, and they there's no side effects. There's no great come down like that. You feel really good. You can feel good for weeks, and in the in the real world, you just don't have that. So you, you can really feel for ex professional athletes because you can see how they go on the drugs and all kinds of crazy stuff because they just they, they don't have those highs anymore, and it's very difficult to recreate. So it was very tough. It's it's tough physically. In some ways, but mentally it was super tough, and that's that's the short version of just sort of what you have to go through to leave a game where you did it when you're in year twelve and you left when you were thirty three. Mm. It's so hard. It was so hard. Yeah, mate, beautifully explained, and uh, that that's that's you know hit on some important um, you know factors. You know, in modern life, you know, guys are chasing highs consistently, aren't we? You know, we're always sort of looking for something to give us a buzz or whatever. But you know, mm. eventually we, we we get burned out possibly, or or you know, we we may become depressed, 
because we're not able to achieve that, you know, ongoing. And um, I'm a big believer of being able to, you know, take those little uh, little wins and, and sort of put them in the back pocket, but also, you know, keep your mind more neutral where you're not sort of chasing that. And, you know, I think, you know, for me personally, I did that too through work and then through fitness and that sort of thing. But also for me to balance it out with meditation was um, was really valuable because it was actually like giving me not so much a low, but but just uh, it was making me, you know, stop. And uh, when you're when you sort of... Uh, in that mindset like you were in you're always chasing something you know you're always sort of yeah. chasing a high and that can be dangerous yeah i mean guys like me just naturally like i don't make uh, dopamine as much as everyone else so you know that's why i was so crazy and you know, i say so much stuff but exercise for me is still very important and why i have to sort of do stuff most days if i can which i do i mean either doing gym or playing golf or playing basketball or playing footy uh, still around the country, like it just because I just don't make any. Like I clearly have ADHD, and that's the the byproduct of of just you know. And, and of course, I'm now 46. So I've got lots and lots and lots of tools that I've I've learned to de- deal with it. But just to have that under control would have changed my life. But you know, back then it was, you know, I mean, one of the psychologists who was a great friend of mine and, and wonderful with our group at the lines. Like he, he's like it doesn't exist, but. It clearly does. So you you just got to, I mean, life, if you've got some deficits and you don't know, well, you're going to get it checked out. But if you're pretty much, you know, chasing highs all the time, you're going to be disappointed. And that's that's the real key. So for me, that's why exercise, and as you found, it's it's so good, except for the physical burnout, you're, you're usually pretty good to go. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I remember having a light bulb. Uh, thinking that if I ever got injured, I'd struggle because I wouldn't, I couldn't use my physical body to uh, to to get that regulation, you know. So that's where I started to surrender to the meditation, and, and you know, I knew I could do that no matter what. So, so that was a you know a valuable lesson and, and tool for me to to uh, you know, bring into my own um, you know well being skill set. But um, but yeah, it can be a real trap, and and I see it with guys you know in the workforce too. You'll see it when you come up and play footy in Gladstone, you know, in a few weeks that uh, the guys have got toys, you know, and they work hard and they get their toys and they chase another toy and that sort of thing. And that can be, you know, very similar to what you you, you spoke about before. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're addicted to the excitement and you're addicted to that um, uh, that uh, sort of element of, um, of succeeding, but it's, it's impermanent, you know, it doesn't last long. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you see it all the time, you know. You, you bet that or you, you have too much alcohol or you have too much nicotine or they end up on drugs. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's the same reasons that they go down that path is they just they, they're trying to fill a void. And sometimes it is simple. Like they, they, they do, they don't make the right chemicals in their body. It's not a, it's not a knock on them. It's, it's just the, the way it is. And you can get stuff these days that can fix all that. So it's, it's pretty, you just got to be aware of yourself and, and, you know, particularly when you're an adult and you've probably gone through the system and no one's really picked it up, we haven't had parents that have said, look, I'm, I am concerned about, you know, my son, he, he seems to be not able to focus and, you know, there, there's lots of reasons and it's quite common, yet it's very much, you know, put to one side, no, or, or no, just dismissive, like he's just, this, he's tired, it's this or it's that. So it's, mm. there's plenty that goes on, but there's no shame in saying, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I might have something I just need to get a bit better with and I'm going to need some help. So you need to see the right people. You need to see a doctor and, so, you know, a proper psych. And that's that's what you should do. Yes, yeah. Well, definitely to have the guidance, I think, is uh, important. And you're probably very fortunate that you had that um, that support around you, you know, coming through the AFL and exiting the AFL possibly. But um, it's obviously improved a lot now. But, uh, you know, there was... There was challenges with guys that have come out of the AFL. You know, a lot of them have been on this podcast and had conversations about, you know, the the, the spaces that they found themselves in. You know, Daniel Merritt, uh, who hasn't been retired that long, like he openly um, talks about he, how he's struggled. And, um, you know, there's been guys well before him that were playing back, you know, last century in the 80s and 90s that were just given no support and, and moved on. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing, um, you know, how we look at work and we look at uh, sportsmen, like, like people in the workforce and people and sportsmen, you know, we're actually attached to our identities and we've actually be able to remove ourselves from that. I think we can we can transition out of something into something, uh, you know, quite smoothly. But if you are attached to ACA, you know, the, the, the great footballer, you know, as you said, you're not going to find life exciting when you come out into the into this you know make believe real world that we <laughs> that we perceive. You know, but um, but you know, I, I believe to be able to park that part of your life and be grateful for it, and then be excited possibly about what's what's coming next or what could be next. I think it's a great um, great uh, attitude to have. Would you agree? I think I think your importance in what you're doing it just gets lost because you were important part of a team and all of a sudden you've got nothing you've got no guys around you you've got you know nothing that no support outside of your family which is still you know sometimes it's good sometimes it's not so but the other thing too is you really do lack purpose and that that's what kills pretty much any man i mean if you don't have something to get up in the morning and to do outside of your family or work or a, a certain a purpose that that you like it really is hard so i think that's that's where you get lost. Just get, and it's not as enjoyable. So you really, it does take time, and you've got to give yourself time to actually go find something that is enjoyable enough. Mm. And that's the reality. And so you're going to have to put up with the pain of it being over. It, it's you. You're important. You're a star now. You're nobody who's, you know, in the real world. You've got to start again. So all my mates had, you know, I, I finished at 33. They had all those years head start. So. All of a sudden, you know, they've gone to uni, they've got their degrees, they've done whatever. Now they're, they're my age now, 46, they're all becoming, they've got their own business, they're becoming bosses and you've had to start, you know, many, many years after them at the bottom again. So it's it does take time and that's that's the beauty. You know, I didn't win a round like my first year. It took me seven years to win it. So it, it, you've still got to be patient. Yep. Yep. Oh, agree, mate. Absolutely. I think that's the trap uh, that, that a lot of guys fall into, like that's... Uh, that, that wanting the, you know, the success early or the, you know, the reward early without actually doing the work, um, doing the work and the journey, uh, that's, that's so rewarding in itself if you can actually observe that on a daily basis and see the progress you're making. But I just think a lot of us get uh, sort of too wound up in the, uh, in the end game without sort of enjoying what's, uh, what's going on at the moment, you know. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's other things. There's lots of things that happen. You know, some guys get married, they get divorced. That's another area that's really difficult for guys. You know, they lose they lose the, their support, but then they've got to start again. They lose money, they've got to start again. Like, it's there's so much more that goes on. Like, I, I've been through, you know, all of that, but, you know, just the career stuff is hard. So you've just got to be there. Your mates, 
you know, I got I got a mate, well, a few mates going through some divorces, and they're just a bit older than me. It's really really hard to watch because they thought it was going all right, and it clearly wasn't. But mm. they just it sort of shocked them, and now the the shocks turned into utter disbelief because you know things happen, people get greedy, they want more. You know, it's just so sad sometimes. Do you know what, mate? I I believe what happens with guys when we get into a relationship. Quite often we lose, uh, you know, connection with the things we really enjoy because we're sort of conscious of doing more for our girlfriends and partners. But those those things that keep you, you know, who you are, like those, those those sports that you play or the things that you love doing, I think it's really important to maintain them in your life. Otherwise, if you do sacrifice them, then that's when a relationship can, um, you know, go rocky, rocky possibly. Would you agree? Yeah, well, you know, you you still got to be your own man, and there's always a, a give and take. You know, you've got you want to be in a relationship. There's there's always that freedom and that the, all the other things that you you sort of give up a little bit of everything to make it work. And then, but there is you're absolutely right. If you're if you don't allow yourself or your partner to do things that you actually enjoy, that's separate separate to them, and it becomes an interference. You know, you, you see quite quickly how grumpy people get. You know they're not that happy, and and that just affects the relationship. And it's it's always that that battle. That's why, you know, good marriages and and good friendship that tends to work better than just the the sheer lust of really enjoying you know, the early part of any relationship, which of course is, is fantastic. So it's I think they're the they're the things long term that that tend to be the traps. And, and the parts that, that just go awry, and you're right, if you're not yourself or you do things you enjoy outside of the relationship, within reason, like, you, it's, it's going to, eventually, it's going to, you know, everyone's going to suffer. Mm, that's it, mate. Uh, you know, also saying on, on path of what your truth is, and I know you recently um, uh, were sort of fortunate but also unfortunate to get in this uh, SAS Australia challenge where you went, <laughs> you went to Jordan or somewhere to... Uh, to, to undergo some torture, uh, you know, and I think, um, you know, originally it might have sounded like a good idea, but once you got there, it was a different uh, kettle of fish. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, that it was totally a different kettle of fish. I mean, when you say when you say yes to a show like that, you know, you work out your, your deal, obviously you're a celebrity, so you're paid to go on them, and that that's what can be really good good for some people like uh you know that certainly you get well paid to do this in most shows if you're a celebrity so you work all that out and i did that before christmas but between christmas and february 28th when i left to go to jordan my life had sort of changed a bit everything got a little bit better a lot better off you know off the off the field so to speak you know with you know the the household situation very happy but you know that sold some things, you know, made good money. So I, I didn't really, not that you go on these shows to um, to make money or it's all about the money, but <coughs> excuse me, it definitely helps. So anyway, I get on there, I go to Jordan. I, I can't tell you what happened to the show, but I think no matter how long you last there, whether, you know, and it was mental torture, like physically I was fine, but I think the, the things I worked out about myself, one, I... My life is really good. It's way better than I thought, and I was way happier not being there. And I think when you go into these situations, like this, there's lots of TV shows that you can do. Like I've done other ones. I've done Celebrity Apprentice, and they're all they're all different. They're not they're not the same. Like, but this is clearly just you know 
organised torture. It really was. Mm. And so, you know, for me to get in the situation, I mean, the first thing that they did, they threw bags over our heads so we couldn't see hoods as they were. They took the hoods off and there was 14 coffins and they buried us in coffins alive in the desert. first thing they did. Mm. And, you know, you, you never really realise, like all the physical side I was ready for, but if they do the one thing that you really, really, you know, you're fearful of or hate, how quickly your mind just cannot cannot get out of the fact that it doesn't want to be there. Mm. And so, you know, it's really hard where if it's, it could be anything, it could be heights, it could be water, it could be just relentless, lack of sleep, bad food. And it just, it's just a challenge. So, you know, for the guys, we, there was 14 on my series and it was for 10 days. So the guys that sort of, Went all the way through and, oh, I tell you, total respect because I, I could not have thought of anything worse. And I, I was getting paid per day and I honestly did not care. I would have given the money back. I was that, I was just that happy to get out of there. And that's – and others others got injured. All of them got injured pretty much. And so, yeah, it's interesting experience. But just to see and to understand what it's like mentally – and when you – the other thing I say is, one, that they won't show you everything we did on TV. That's the first thing. Two, it's much harder than it looks, like much harder. And three, it's it's the ultimate test of where you are at life and where you, where you want to be seen. Like, you're on television. It's hard. Do you really want to be there? Are you wasting their time? Like, they're all the things. And is your life comfortable? And it's kind of cool to ever come out of the back end and go, yeah, I am. But what people don't realise is, is I actually feel like I didn't need to go to the end to have succeeded because in the meantime, I'd, I'd given up alcohol, I'd given up cigars, I'd given up medications that I, that I didn't really need. So they were big achievements. They're hard to do and trained to get ready for it. So there's, there's so much more to it that, that people don't see. And so it didn't matter. Like on day one, I'd already won. I'd already done two months of this is despair it's not easy to give up any addiction let alone mm. stuff that you would do pretty regularly like daily or or certainly over the weekend so yeah it was it was a good experience but also a terrifying experience mm, amazing mate and as we sort of discussed earlier like do you really need these things in your life your life was pretty good without it um you don't need these uh these blockages that uh, that it can really not so much challenge you, but it, they're not—they're not necessary challenges. You know, they're not going to help you grow as an individual. It's just there for entertainment, I guess. At the end of the day, it is just a TV show, and mm. you know, like people yelling at you, and you know that they're not always or really like that. In fact, I can tell you they're not, because obviously, when you're not on the show, they're they're completely different people. So, but I think I think it's uh, it's sort of brilliant in one way. Like, at, why on earth when I look back? Like, you could pay me a million bucks today and I would still say no to go on that show again. That's mm-hmm. that's how much, how quickly I learned that it's not about money, it's about where's your life at. Now, if mm-hmm. the world goes back to where we're hundreds and gatherers, I'm, I'm in a lot of trouble because my, my life is pretty good and really comfortable in that way. So, you know, you take the good with the bad, but I certainly am much happier now that I'm on the other side of that camera. Mm, shit, yeah, mate. Tell me... Um with regards to giving up like those habits, what was well, what is the what was what was I suppose the hardest one for you, and um, what was probably the most ingrained uh, to be able to sort of say I've had enough of this and, and moving moving away from it. Yeah, I think I think it's always always the the substances that are the hardest. I mean, for me, like uh, nicotine 
which would have been in the cigars would have been the hardest. So yeah, that's very it was very difficult. It was one of the harder things. Like uh, before in my life, I've had to give up something that was actually harder than that. So only because I had, had problems in my feet, and I, I got you know eventually you, you get pain relief, and then that can escalate. And over years, you become dependent, and getting off getting off those uh, you know opioids was harder. But in this particular last few months, it was definitely the the nicotine. It was it was easier. Sorry, it was harder than the alcohol. It was harder than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And I could see why guys, you know, they, it takes them four or five times, you know, to to quit or to go back and forth from whatever it is, vapes into cigarettes again or cigars. So yeah, I, I think that that to me was the hardest thing. The rest was a piece of cake when you think about it. When did you start smoking, like, cigars? Well, I was actually, uh, I, I started doing them after I saw the, you know, the last dance. So it's a, Jordan, Michael Jordan's my hero. So I think I, I just got, you know, it's just a, it's so, cool, so cool, you know. Like, everyone's the same. Anyone that starts any of those smoking or cigars, they'll tell you that because that, they think someone that they saw smoking was cool. That's really <laughs> yeah. what it was, and that's what it was with, with Michael Jordan. So... And I'd never done it in my life, so it was pretty pretty interesting. And then, yeah, I think the stress—it's sort of a byproduct of a bit of stress in the you know in real estate—and it was sort of it was all the perfect timing for all the sort of that weakness to and to get sucked into it. And that's that's how it happened. You would have been pretty clean throughout your footy career, like not drinking much and not smoking, obviously as well. Yeah, like I was so disciplined. Like when you think about my life. Like I, I, I drank three days a year. Most of those 16 years I played, I never smoked. You know, never did any of the drugs. You know, so I had a really, really, really clean lifestyle. So for me and my brain and everything else that goes on, it's, it's quite, quite interesting to see how you can, you can even later in life you can get dragged down a path that you, you probably never thought you would, or just you know somewhere that you, you've got to get out of. So mm-hmm. for me, it. The battle continues, but it was it was actually the best thing about that whole experience was having a goal like that physically, mentally, and to to have all those things to basically get, give up and get up, get over and get off. So it was it was cool. That part was was hard, but it was it was worth it. Well, that's true, mate, and that, that's something that's really positive that's come out of a negative. You know, it gave you a, a purpose and direction to train for something like that. But at the end of the day, when you got to the uh, to the uh, the the start line, you thought it was uh, probably not what it was gonna gonna possibly be, but you know all the all, 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 all the work it did was worth it. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I'll be saying. Like eventually, we'll start doing media for the show, which will be out in August, September, and yeah, I, I'll be saying look, don't worry about where I finish because I'm not interested in getting through ten days if I wasn't going for the real SAS anyway, and that's not for me in my age as it is, but. Yeah, it's just those. I felt like I succeeded so much, despite you know the the time on the show. It was it was it was well worth it. I mean, you got paid to do it as well. So there's, I, and I came home uninjured. So there's lots of good out, that came out of it. Don't worry. Mm, absolutely, mate. Positive out of a negative. There's always something to learn, you know, out of something that's uh, that is crook. And uh, we we sort of get uh, stuck on the negatives a lot. But, you know, if we actually like think about the positives um, and the good stuff that goes on in our life, 
it's pretty amazing. And, you know, we ran a men's circle up in near Gladstone last night. And I said to the guys, you know, try and think of three things that happened today that, um, that, that, were, that were positive for you, um, you know, that you're grateful for. And a lot of them rattled off like a dozen. But unless you'd ask the question, they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't come up. So, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, so to be able to do that on a daily basis, think, fuck, you know, the, all these good things have happened, but we actually get stuck on the, uh, on the negative really quickly and uh, we get, we get um, you know, sort of um, kept in that space, but uh, we've got so much to be, uh, be grateful for and positive for, you know, um, in our lives. Um, you know, I just think uh, that, that experience for you, that's, that's, you know, a real key part of this conversation to be able to say, well, yeah, look, you do the work and uh obviously um you know whatever happens happens and uh you know the real the real um i suppose uh learning is in the journey and uh, and the you know the effort you put in uh, in your own space because you're not performing you know you're actually doing it on your own and i think that's where all the growth happens yeah i think too you know that like Tiger Woods would all, his dad would always say, don't get better, get better, you know, and then Phil Johnson, our great psychologist, would say, excuses are for losers. And, and what, what is really missing in today's society, and it's funny because the guy that, that I actually heard this from, who made so much sense, is probably the guy you would never think of, but there's a guy, uh, Luke Longley, played for the Bulls, and he had a great quote, which he said, you know, I really, I really like delayed gratification. I like to work hard. I don't need it that day, but in, you know, six months or a couple of weeks, oh, I'm going to get it. And, I'm, you know, so winning winning a championship like he did or a premiership or, you know, just today my five-year-old, she, out of her own, like she's five, she's just going to school, first year, she cleans up the whole bench and everything, that's all the mess she's made because she knows the cleaners are coming tomorrow, but then she goes to her room and she cleans it up. Like, that's, that's a success. That's a really, really good thing for a five-year-old. You could see that she's progressing towards what you'd like as a parent. Then I've got – then I drop the 18-year-old off who's got to fly to South Australia to Adelaide. And, you know, this is a kid that wouldn't get on a plane not that long ago. And here she is. She booked it. She paid for it herself. She's going down to see a boyfriend race, uh, triathlon. So it's – you know, they're, they're good things that happen. And you're right, they happen all the time. They happen most days. And you just got to keep her – an eye out for him and just be a little bit happier and a bit more grateful and I think you'll find your your life ain't that bad. Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. You know, you, that was evident to you, uh, obviously, with this, this challenge. You, you sort of reflected and uh, then you saw, shit, there is a lot of good things in my life, you know, that I don't take notice of. And I just think, yeah, for anyone listening uh, and even yourself and myself to be able to, like, before you shut your eyes at night, just think of three things that happened today which were awesome and uh, you'll uh, actually start uh, your night off well because you'll sleep well and you'll wake up feeling pretty good. So there's a... A bit of a key, uh, key, uh, you know, uh, lesson in, in that, I reckon, for sure. Yeah, and we, we all do it, you know. We can all get sucked into, you know, I, when I was driving, I had in your old, some, some idiot wouldn't let me in, so I sped up and got in two cars up and, you know, you, you're just thinking to yourself, what a wanker, like, what a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. And ha- how, how in the past you'd probably get out of the car and try and punch him or you just, you know... I, I knew straight away as soon as it happened. I came home and I said to, I told my wife about it, and I knew because once I do that, I've learned that I let it go. You know, I got to just got to talk about it. So yeah. it's also knowing yourself, and and you know, crap. People are shitheads, and they are gonna not let you in traffic and yell at you for no reason. And it's, it's just, it's just not that bad. You just need to know how to. Uh, it's it comes in, and then how to get it out. And I suppose that's where the 
not holding on to stuff that does go bad because I guarantee it doesn't matter if you're the best basketball player in the world, I was the best football player in the world in 2001, like you're going to have bad days of it or you're going to have things that are out of your control happen to you. So you still got to learn how to get rid of it. Yep, agree, mate. That's it. Absolutely, yep, 100%. And uh, to be able to let go, that's, that's key and that's so important to be able to surrender to it rather than be attached to uh, to that emotion, mate. And um that's something that we struggle with as guys because we suppress things, you know, and uh, mm. if we don't express things, then they, they become suppressed. And, and you're expressing that when you go home and talk to your wife. And, and this is a you know, real key of what we do with this Outback Mind Foundation is trying to actually help guys understand that that expression is so important and it's, a, it's an emotion that we don't actually uh, understand or, or, you know, we're, we're sort of attached to or we're connected with because we suppress things and guys do that. But see, okay, what it is is that's happened from our fathers and that's happened from our grandfathers and that, and that goes back a long way and we were sort of taught to, uh, to be like that. But I, I reckon now... You know, there was a guy there last night that, that really had a bit of a light bulb and he knows now that he can break that cycle so his son can be a different person. Otherwise, he's just going to be like his father was and so forth, you know. So just to be able to make those shifts, I think, so um, so important. And, and, and for me to be able to help a man on that journey, like I, I feel grateful to be able to, you know, to do that. And that's really empowering for them and... Um, I just think the more of that we can do, the more positivity we can have uh, to be able to support others, um, you know, be a little bit better. I reckon that's um, that's a great way to, to live, you know, and if you can do that on a daily basis in some small way, um, that's something to uh, put into your grat- gratitude uh, toolbox at the end of the day and uh, and reflect on, you know, before you go to sleep. Yeah, I was watching a, there's a series on Netflix, it's called Full Swing, and because I love golf, I was watching it, and I had a guy on there, he's a he's an American guy, but he's he's a rookie, and he's Indian, Indian name, Indian heritage, very dark, like typical, really southern Indian looking, got a beard, and he was he was talking, and anyway, he started to cry, and, and for me watching it, I'm like, oh, come on, man, you know, like, you, you don't really need to cry, but he, he said, his dad said to him, look, son, there's no point not crying when you want to cry because it's that's silly he said if you want to cry you cry you want to be happy you be happy you just you got to let it out and so his dad's words were important to him in the sense that yeah i'm, I'm not gonna i'm i don't, don't want to be stoic when i want i just want to um it, it's making me you know uh cry in this moment because i'm thinking about my family i'm thinking about whatever uh or i'm thinking about the game that i, I just i let go and it was really interesting to see a father, an Indian father. That's that's the way which you don't see a lot of to really encourage his son to be like that. To say no, 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 it's okay. Look, just do it when you you, you want to do it because that's when you're supposed to do it. And that was really cool. It was really funny to see. But yeah, mate, that, that's that's breaking these uh, these patterns, eh? And yeah, I, I think that's you're doing some amazing goodness. work with your daughters. You know, you're doing some great stuff with your daughters and. Um, uh, they're very lucky to have parents like you and your wife. And, you know, we, we talked about this before we, we got on the podcast, like uh, being the only male in a, in a, in a household of, of girls can be, can be challenging. But, um, but, you know, you're able to provide so many life skills um, through your own journey to them that uh, help them, you know, uh, be better people. And, you know, look at the little goals that you've been able to achieve by, you know, getting your daughter on a plane and her doing that independently and all that sort of stuff. That's, that's tremendous, mate. Yeah, it just shows you. You think about parenting all the time. You think, 
you know, is, is this make is this getting through? Like, how many times do I have to tell my middle daughter to clean up? Like, she's just horribly messy. And you, but you know, you know that they get it. Like, I, I saw the. I saw the 18-year-old who's 18 now at 15 was a complete cow. And now the 14-year-old is becoming a complete cow. And I was a complete uh, just, man, I was I was a lost to the world at 15. So, <laughs> but, you know, now I see the 18-year-old, she makes a bed every day. Like, she, she for, for your life, would never do that. So it just shows you they do get it. They do turn. You just teach them the right way. And eventually it, it's so strong that they can't resist to like you know i have no doubt that the the middle child who is the messiest person in this house uh by a mile will probably have the cleanest house when she gets older because you know we're always on about it and we talk about you know it's that's your bathroom that's your bedroom like you need you only got to look after one room but if it shows you don't care enough about what you what you want if someone walks into your room do you really want to see it like that you've got to show a bit more respect for for what you've got that you know you put stuff away and so it's just this battle but that they just remember it's a persistence it's a long game that one it, it, they will get there and they do get there that's it the brain's still developing mate you got to have uh, awareness and compassion for that and not be too critical and uh yeah these are the things that we never knew when we were young blokes or um you know our parents didn't know so you know to have that awareness now is so good for your kids and mate i think it's been an awesome chat I, i'm wondering um if anyone wants to sell their house would you be able to help them out well we, if they're in the brisbane gold coast or sunshine coast area absolutely we sell lots and lots of houses and you know i, I think the key always is with it, anyone that wants to sell you've got to find a good agent and there's there's lots of good agents around but the one thing that's disappointed me about being in real estate is that I've, I've had to learn and it and it does disappoint me but I, I'll get over it is just how good people just lie to you like you know sellers and buyers and it's you know I think that the real key with selling your home like doesn't have to be expensive marketing like I'm always looking for a deal I always you know you don't have to pay it all up front you know there's there's lots of ways to sell your house and still get the the best money but the best thing that ever happened to me was i did my own contracts i got rid of my managers and i did those contracts and i feel like now i, I do a better job than the local agent or i do a better job than the other realtors i get a better price because i had to i had to spend my 20s dealing with ceos and doing my contracts and if you ever get a chance to do that and you bat for yourself yeah. it's intimidating it's hard but you know they're the skills that that are important because in the end you're trying to marry you know two completely different people or families or, or you know, styles together to get an outcome for everyone. So it's, mm. yeah, I, I always think of me, or if you've got a rental, I've got lots of them too, they're really good. You want, you want someone good looking after your, your rental property. But it's, yeah, you, on average, you every seven years, so, you you know, it's not something you do every day, so you've got to choose the right people. Who's, uh, what's the name of the agency, mate? Oh, you just have to look up Ackermanis Properties, Ascot, you'll find me. Oh, you'll find me there. So I've got some great agents. I'm, I'm obviously the principal there and and run it, you know, myself. I mean, it's, it was going to be silly just to call it, you know, real estate Ascot or something. I mean, in the end, I'm lucky I, I did that profile that I had to sort of leave behind. It's still there in a form that, that I, can, I can use in another profession. So, mm. yeah, just look up my last name. You can spell it. 
it's not that hard, Agamemnus, but yeah, it's amazing how many different spellings I've seen over the years. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And 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 uh, <laughs> and uh, Aaron too, mate. People have bugger that up. Oh, Aaron. Yeah, no, very famous Aaron. Just look up Aaron. See. Yeah, oh no, man, I've been called Aaron and fucking unbelievable the stuff I've had to endure. Aaron. Over the years. <laughs> hey, Aaron. What? Yeah. Do yeah. I look like a girl to you? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Oh, there's some beauties out there, but yeah, I, I, it's a, uh, oh, it's especially the name Akamanis, which is actually when you break it down, it's really simple. It's A K E R Man M A N I S S, and it's just uh, it, you've never seen people just make up, and you can see why they put a C, they put a double. They put an A instead of an R. They put double A's like they just do double I's. They're idiots. <laughs> totally balls it up, mate. Can't spell. That's it. Can't spell. Amazing, mate. So it looks like I'll see you in a couple of weeks when I'm up in Gladstone. But if you're up in Gladstone area, come watch this play. We're on the Friday, August 6th. So that should be a good game playing with the boys up there. And you haven't got a clue who the club is you're playing with either. So uh, not, oh, not not August, sorry, May, May 6th. So, yeah, yeah I've got to look at it. I just <laughs> I book them in and... If they're the if they're the Saints, they're the Saints. If they're you know they're the Eagles, they're the Eagles. Oh, I'm bloody hopeless. Amazing, mate. Now I'll be there. I'll uh, I'll come and say good day. So, mate, awesome. Really appreciate this conversation. It's been so positive, and uh, yeah, I think anyone listening will uh, will take a lot from it, and I'll definitely share it as much as I possibly can, mate. So, thank you again. Anytime, mate, Aaron. Thanks for having me on again. <laughs>